Thompson, Steph Curry, two of the best to ever do it. When you look at Modi losing, Modi losing, Modi losing, Modi losing, Modi It's your boy, it's your motherfucking boy. King Known Uncensored. We got the 2023 NBA Draft coverage. We will only look over the first round of tonight's NBA Draft. And let's see how it matched up to my NBA Mock Draft. And let me tell you something. Man, I got cooked. I got completely fucking cooked at the draft today. I had a horrible mock draft, ladies and gentlemen. But as they say, don't feel sorry for me, throw a party for me. So, before we get to the NBA draft, um... Chris Middleton opts out a $40 million contract. (laughs) Like the great country Wayne says, a little bit too much dip on the chip. Yeah, man, I don't know about all that. If I'm Chris Middleton, I'm taking that money. 
Cause ain't no way that fool gonna ever get 40 million again. Hell to the gnaw. I think I stand by that. And I think that's a very good prediction. But same question. Same question that I had for Draymond. Did Chris Middleton opt out of his contract for the betterment of the team? Or did he opt out seeking more money? I highly, highly doubt he opted out seeking more money. Because he's not going to get paid that again. He only got paid because that's Giannis's homeboy. Let's just be real. He's a good player. He's an NBA starter. Unfortunately, he was an all-star a couple of times. But he did show up when it mattered in the 2021 NBA Finals, though. Regardless of my harsh criticism of him. But if you're getting paid $40 million a year, I expect $40 million production. And last year, Chris Middleton spent half of the year injured. And then he was a part of an upset by an eight seed that barely fought their way out of the last play in game. So Milwaukee has a lot to reevaluate. And then you got free agency looming where you could possibly lose not only Chris Middleton, but Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton and Bobby Portis. So Milwaukee's core pieces are up for possible, you know, free agency. And other teams might take a risk and try to steal those three players from Milwaukee. Udonis Haslam retired finally after all this time. I mean, at least he got to the finals. I think this is what. So he went to four. So he went to the finals in 06. Then he went to the finals four times as a member of the Miami Heat. Then he went in 2020. Then he went in 2022. Damn. So this man has 06. 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. That's five right there. Then you got 2020, 2022. That's seven finals appearances and has three championships. Not too bad. I mean, Haslam, outside of barely playing the last four or five years, you know, he was an enforcer when he was in his prime. He was a hustle player, did all the little things, you know, took the shots that other people were scared to take. Not going to say any names, but you already know. I mean, Udonis' legacy is the state of Florida. It's just bottom line. Like everything about Florida, about Miami, because, you know, he went to the University of Florida. So shout out to Udonis Haslam. Wow. I mean, if you weren't there, if you weren't present as all of this go- was going on last night, first things first. First things motherfucking first. Last night, there was a deal on the table that I told you guys about. Right? I told you guys that it's a possibility that 
the Celtics was going to land Christos Porzingis, and the Los Angeles Clippers was going to land Malcolm Brogdon, and the Washington Wizards was going to land um, Marcus Morris and Amir Coffey. But during the twilight of the trade, because there was a lot riding at stake here. There was a lot riding on this, like, pause. But you have to think about it. Christos Przingis was literally one minute away from opting out of his contract and becoming an unrestricted free agent. And the deal involving Malcolm Brogdon fell through because Malcolm Brogdon failed his physical. So then they had to rush 30 minutes to get the trade done before Przingis opted out of the contract and they got it done. And this is the final deal as it is constructed. So the Boston Celtics ended up receiving forward and center Kristaps Przingis, a 2024 Golden State first round pick, top four protected, and then the number 25 overall pick, which was eventually traded to the Pistons, so they didn't get that number 25 pick. The Washington Wizards got Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallinari, Mike Muscala, and the number 35 pick in the second round of the draft. And the Memphis Grizzlies got Marcus Smart. My thoughts on this is, well, on the Boston side of things, Christos Przingis is an awesome addition. You got a guy who was coming off of his best NBA season last year who was very effective. I know a lot of people saying that this is empty stats, but Christoph Porzingis, you know, never got the chance to really shine like he should until last year. And he looked great. So adding him to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and you only have to give up Marcus Smart. You don't give up Brogdon. You don't give up White. You don't give up Al Horford. You keep, uh, I don't know what they're going to do about Grant Williams. I'm pretty sure they'll figure that shit out. And all you have to let go is Mike Muscala, Marcus Smart, and Danilo Gallinari. Crazy. I think that this obviously puts Boston in the driver's seat as technically the best team in the East right now. Even better than Miami. Yeah, I said it. They're definitely better than Miami right now. Sorry, not sorry. You got a guy that's capable of 20 and 7. Can stretch it out to the 3. Very versatile player. His only concerns is injuries and health. Other than that, this is a masterful pickup by the Boston Celtics. Washington Wizards received... Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallinari, and Mike Muscala. I mean, Tyus Jones is going to be something. He's going to average like 15 to 18 points per game. 
Danilo Gallinari is coming off an ACL. Boston Celtics saw that Danilo Gallinari opted into that player option. It was like, oh, they hit him with the Jay Prince. Oh, yeah. And then they traded his ass immediately. Then Mike Muscala, he's a guy that that can uh, stretch it out to the three. Decent big man. Memphis Grizzlies getting Marcus Smart is amazing. They needed to replace Dylan Brooks. And what better to replace Dylan Brooks with than the former defensive player of the year? I know he happy to get out there and play with Ja. That's going to be huge. And that's a big pickup because Marcus Smart can also score, which is an underrated aspect about his game. And his three-point shot got a lot better throughout the playoffs this year. You know, he built Boston out of a lot of those games. A lot of people just don't want to give him credit for that. Which I find very fucking weird. Then. Something else crazy happened. This afternoon. As Chris Paul. Got traded to the Golden State Warriors. You know, the Wizards traded Chris Paul to the Golden State Warriors for Jordan Poole. A 20-30 first round pick and a 20-27 second round pick. Crazy that they traded all of that away to get a 38-year-old Chris Paul. Now, a lot of Warriors fans are really pissed about this because already the Warriors fans do not like Chris Paul to begin with because Steph used to just bust this man ass and now he coming crawling over here to be a part of this dynasty that has already been established without him. And then you traded away somebody young with potential like Jordan Poole to be a star player in this league and a first and a second round pick. I mean, Poole and Paul make around the same money. Except, you know, Poole's deal is four years. Chris Paul's is two years. So they have a two-year window to try to win another title. So... My thoughts on this is, you know, I feel like Chris Paul, you know, is a great addition to Golden State, but I feel like they should start him, but play him bench minutes. You know, Chris Paul, the role that he's going to play in Golden State doesn't demand a lot. Just bring up the ball. It's basically the same thing that Draymond does. And then score when you need to score. CP... It's going to be a facilitator. And a lot is not demanded upon him to do much. 11 points and 10 rebounds. That's good. I do understand, you know, Jordan Poole did average 20 points last year. I get it. And he was really good up until the playoffs. Or he was really good until Draymond Green punched him. Which... You know, Jordan Poole in Washington is going to be incredible. Incredible, I tell you. 
He's going to average 23, 24 points per game. He's going to have the green light, and this is going to be pretty much his team because he is the one that's the established NBA champion. You know what I'm saying? So you got to salute Jordan Poole, and then you get Golden State's picks. That's something. And, um, yeah. Those were some crazy-ass trades. Like in the Bradley Beal trade is finally complete. As the final deal was, the Washington Wizards got Chris Paul, who was later traded to Golden State. Landry Shamit, who's another yet another rotational piece. Multiple second-round picks and multiple pick swaps. And then the Phoenix Suns ended up gaining Jordan Goodwin, Isaiah Ty, and Bradley Beal. Very interesting. Very interesting. Without further ado, I bring to you the 2023 NBA Draft. Their order. The new order. The real order. Let's compare that shit to mine and let's see how accurate I was. Um, Looking at this shit, I fucking got cooked. I only got a couple of things right. Let's just hop right into it before we close it out. Um, Before we get into that, though. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Young Thug randomly dropped an album tonight. I'll be uh, giving my review once I come up with the draft grades. So let's go. Number one pick, overall pick. The Spurs drafted Victor Wembenyama of the Metropolitan's 92 France team. Um, This is obvious. I mean, come on, man. How does this impact the San Antonio Spurs, though? Well, easy. You have a franchise player. You have the best overall player in the draft. Told y'all my draft comparisons was Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, and Dirk Nowitzki rolled up into one guy. And he's definitely have he definitely has that potential. As long as he doesn't get injured, he definitely could get you maybe 34 wins this season based off of just his talent alone. I mean, obviously the Spurs would have to upgrade their talent. I mean, you have Jeremy Sohan, that's a start. Keldon Johnson's a good player, but everyone else is up for discussion at this point. Number two, in a big shocker. The Hornets ended up drafting Brandon Miller from Alabama. I was shocked about this one. I thought that the Charlotte Hornets was going to draft Scoot Henderson. Um, But my player comparison was Jabari Smith Jr. He's, He's a wing with a crazy jump shot. Underrated defensively. He's pretty damn good. He's a well-rounded player, and I feel like this pick fits the Hornets for what they're trying to do because definitely they're trying to get rid of Gordon Hayward. They feel content with LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier as their backcourt, so that's probably why they didn't want to select Scoot Henderson. That would be my thoughts on that, but how does Brandon Miller help? 
he gives you a well-rounded player to go alongside LaMelo Ball. A guy that can catch and shoot, a guy that can create his own shot, and a decent finisher. Number three, the Portland Trailblazers uh, drafted Scoot Henderson from the G League Ignite. Of course, at number three, I had Portland drafting originally Brandon Miller. My player comparison for Scoot Henderson was Derrick Rose. Yo, I don't know how this is going to work. I understand that the Blazers went with the best player available, as they should. But how does this impact Anthony Simons? Like, is Scoot Henderson going to be the sixth man off the bench? Is that their plan, or is Anthony Simons going to be off the bench? Or are they going to start a small ball lineup? You know, the Blazers have a lot of questions. I mean, I understand that they, that, that they are ready to build around Dame and they're serious about possibly competing for a championship. But, um, bruh. That's crazy. I don't know how they're going to do this or pull this off because we know the potential of Anthony Simons. Are they going to dangle Anthony Simons in a deal to get another rotational piece? I mean, an Anthony Simons and Joseph Nurkic deal for somebody could be discussed here. But I like the pickup, though. Dame and Scoot? Shit. Or they could they could move Scoot Henderson to small forward and have Shaden Sharp come off the bench. I think that Dame and Scoot Henderson backcourt is going to be very fun to watch, though. Number four, the Houston Rockets selected Amin Thompson from the overtime elite. Yo, this is one I got right outside of Victor Wimbenyama. Uh, so I thought. I was two for two. But, um... What does Amen Thompson add to the Rockets? Well, I mean, my pay, my player comparison was Andre Iguodala. You know, he's very athletic. He's a great dunker, great passer, very underrated passer, but great passer. Um, the only thing is his jump shot, and he can improve on that easily in this in in today's NBA. But he, him and Jalen Green are going to be very exciting to watch. This young team with M.A. Udoka, I truly believe that this Houston Rockets team could possibly win maybe 33, 32 games maybe. They're going to be way better than they were last year. And Amin Thompson is also an elite defensive player just like Iguodala was as well. Number five. The Pistons drafted Asar Thompson from the overtime elite, a men's twin. And I was kind of excited about this pick. I mean, you really can't lose, even though I had the Pistons originally drafting Cam Whitmore from Villanova. But um, Aswar Thompson, remind, you know, my player comparisons was Andrew Wiggins and Scottie Pippen. And... That shit was fire. I love the pick. 
you know, me being a Piston fan, a diehard Piston fan, me being from Detroit. Aswar Thompson is exactly what the Pistons needed. They needed a defensive player that could infiltrate the passing lanes, play some defense, and score, and is very athletic. They needed a very athletic wing. He's definitely a better version of uh, Hammy Diallo. But yes, Anthony Black, I mean not Anthony Black, but Aswar Thompson is going to help the Pistons in many ways. He does a lot of the little things. Number six, the Orlando Magic drafted Anthony Black. I was kind of surprised at this pick. I, I would have thought that the Magic would have, you know, went after Cam Whitmore, but, you know... More on Cam Whitmore momentarily, but Anthony Black is the, you know, my player comparison was Josh Giddy. This is a guy that could get in the open court and move and pass the ball. He's a pass first point guard, but he's got athleticism and bounce. You know what I'm saying? He can score a little bit. Not the best three point shooter. That's one of his weaknesses, but he can do pretty much everything else on both ends of the court. And he is a gem for Atlanta. I mean, for uh, Orlando. Um, I can see a possible lineup of uh, Fultz, Black, Watner, Banchero, and uh, Window Carter Jr. I kind of like that. I kind of like the pickup. Big fan. Number seven, the Indiana. This is the biggest shocker of the night. This is by far. Far the biggest shock of the night. And the irony about this is I had this team drafting him, but much later in the draft. You know, my father made me eat crow on this one because he was completely right. This guy ended up being a lottery pick. I thought he was gonna be a little bit later than that. And I stuck to my guns about him being a late first rounder, but Hey, I, I, I was wrong. Number seven, the Indiana Pacers drafted Bilal Koulibaly, who was later traded to the Wizards. So the Washington Wizards pick up Bilal Koulibaly, who my player comparison was Andre Karolinko. Like, this kid got defensive abilities out of this world. He could also score. You know, the jump shot needs a little bit of work, but the dude has athleticism. He has bounce. He's great in the open court, and he can pass. So he's an all-around talent. He just has to improve that jumper a little bit. But Washington needs every piece of talent that you could possibly need at this point, especially with letting go of Bradley Beal and Christophe Porzingis and them possibly losing out on Kyle Kuzma. In free agency, this was the move. But I had Indiana drafting Koulibaly later in the draft, which was kind of fucking wild to me. Originally, I had Indiana selecting Jairus Walker, which ironically happened anyway. So you could mark this this one down as me being correct. As number eight, the Wizards drafted Jairus Walker to be traded to the Indiana Pacers. I'm an Indianimal. 
We so many animals. <laughs> Jairus Walker, my player comparison was Draymond Green and Isaiah Stewart as he had Stewart's shooting ability and toughness and he has Draymond Green's facilit- facilitating mindset. And then, you know, he has Isaiah Stewart's game. I mean, Walker could hit open threes, he could attack the basket, and he could defend your team's best wing. And Indiana needed a power forward really, really bad. And I mean really fucking bad, yo. Like, they had no power forwards on this team. And now, with a possible lineup... Of you know, you notice I didn't get into the Washington Wizards lineup because that team is going in flames at this point. But Jarris Walker, possible lineup in Indiana could be you know Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, Buddy Hill, Jarris Walker, and Miles Turner. That's a good little lineup because, as as we recall, last year, the Indiana Pacers were a playoff team up until Tyrese Halliburton's unfortunate injury. Now, my original choice for the number eight pick was Anthony Black because they needed a point guard. But, however, they don't need one anymore as they went out yesterday. You know, they went out um, today and last night and got Tyus Jones and Jordan Poole. So, therefore, they didn't need a point guard anymore. So, they went after Bilal Koulibaly, who was, you know, Wimbiyama's teammate. Now, the number nine pick, the Utah, dra- uh, the Utah Jazz drafted Taylor Hendricks from Central Florida. You know what I'm saying? And, wow. Hell of a pickup. Utah Jazz made the most out of... Rudy Gobert today. They probably low-key had the best draft, but I'll wait to the end to explain the winners and losers and things of that nature. But Taylor Hendricks is a great 3 and D player who is a sharpshooter who can lock down, who can defend guards, wings, and some NBA centers. Not all. But the Jazz get a stud. Who could probably play the three? I mean, can you imagine the lineup in Utah, which we'll get to later? Because, you know, Utah had two more picks. But number 10. You know, I originally had had, uh, Utah drafting Kaysen Wallace from Kentucky. Now, speaking of Kaysen, number 12, the Dallas Mavericks drafted... Kaysen Wallace, who was later traded to the OKC Thunder. And I like Kaysen Wallace because he played, you know, my player comparison was Drew Holiday. And I forgot about Taylor Hendricks' draft comparison was Quistard Wood and Sadiq Bey with shot blocking ability. Um, but Kaysen Wallace's um, draft comparison was Drew Holiday because he blocked a lot of shots. He stole a lot of, uh, you know, he, he he stole the ball a lot. 
And he's an underrated scorer. You know, he's kind of flimsy with the scoring like Drew Holiday was. And I feel like the OKC Thunder get kind of a, a great backup point guard. I think he's better than Trey Mann right now. So you get a good six-man in OKC. Now, number 11. Well, obviously, number 10, I had Dallas originally getting Taylor Hendricks. Now, number 11. The Orlando Magic drafted Jet Howard from Michigan. There was this podcast that had fucking Jet Howard in the late 20s. I was like, he going to be gone way before that. But yes, Jet Howard from Michigan. So the Magic clean up with their first two picks. They cleaned up. You get Anthony Black and um, Jet Howard. That's dope. So now Jet Howard can be a sixth man coming off the bench. Don't be surprised if he gets six man votes next year. You know, I, I, I kept forgetting that Jet Howard is Juwan Howard's son. And he got game. He just needs to work on that defense. You know what I'm saying? But lucky for him, he'll be coming off the bench, so he really don't have to play any defense. Originally, I had Orlando selecting Grady Dick from Kansas. Pause. But, um, yes, um, my player comparison for Jet Howard was Mike Miller. Like the Memphis Grizzlies version of Mike Miller. That's just how good of a shooter that Jet Howard was. I mean, is. Number 12, the Oklahoma City Thunder selected Derek Lively from Duke, but was traded to the Mavericks. Bum, bum, bum. Man, Dallas did well today. And Derek Lively is exactly what the Mavericks needed. They needed a young center that is a rim protector. And hopefully Jason Kidd uses this guy. Because, you know, Jason Kidd likes to run that small ball bullshit. And now that they know that they're probably going to lose Christian Wood to free agency, Dwight Powell isn't as good as they thought that he was going to be after that injury he occurred. But Derek Lively is the perfect pick for the Mavericks. I originally had Oklahoma City drafting Leonard Miller. And I I was shocked when Leonard, Leonard Miller fell to the second round. That completely blew my mind. But number 13. The Toronto Raptors drafted Grady Dick Pauls from Kansas. Grady can shoot the lights out of that bitch. And they de- the Raptors definitely needed a shooting guard of the future. And he's immediately going to start. I think the Raptors are banking on the fact that Fred Van Vliet might come back next year. That's why they probably didn't draft a point guard. I originally had the Toronto Raptors drafting Keontae George from Baylor. But Grady, shh. 
Yet, uh, you know, he's the best shooter in this draft. And he can play a little bit of defense. And he's an underrated facilitator. So, in Toronto, you know, maybe, potentially, Fred Van Vliet, Grady Dick, uh, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, and Jakob Pertle. Maybe Toronto turns it around. I don't know. Maybe they could have a surprise season once again where they're in the play-in. Number 14, I had, I mean, number 14, I had, well, not I had, but the Pelicans drafted Jordan Hawkins from the championship-winning Connecticut Huskies. Now, that's a great pickup. The New Orleans Pelicans don't have a pure shooter on that team. They got guys that can hit shots, but it seemed like Brandon Ingram was doing all the work, and that's why he probably fizzled out towards the end of that game. Now you got a guy like Jordan Hawkins who is being compared to Rip Hamilton and Ray Allen. My comparison was Peja Stojakovic and Kyle Korver. I originally had the uh, New Orleans Pelicans selecting Jet Howard at number 14. But yes, I think that Jordan Hawkins would be the perfect sixth man off the bench because we know that the that the Lakers wanted Jordan Hawkins. And the Pelicans stole him from the Lakers. Number 15. I got this accurately correct. I was actually right, y'all. The Atlanta Hawks drafted Kobe Bufkin from Michigan. This guy is incredible. And he's perfect to come off the bench. As I said time and time again, as I said on um, <clears throat> the previous show where I did the mock draft. I mean, I, my player comparison was D'Angelo Russell with Dwayne Wade level defense. And... This 3 and D guy is going to be very effective off of the bench. Atlanta, you know, overused Murray and Young, and they didn't have anybody to take the pressure off them. And Kobe Bufkin will be that guy. That's, a you know, number 16, the Utah Jazz drafted... Drafted uh, Keontae George from Baylor, and I had them originally selecting Bryce Sensiball, but at 16, but it ended up happening anyway. Spoiler alert. But Keontae George, um, I had compared him to Gilbert Arenas and Clay Thompson, but. He's more like a Damian Lillard prototype. So I think Damian Lillard's more of an accurate comparison because he has shot-making ability and range that is crazy and insane. The defense is there too. And Utah gets another gem that could possibly start 
because it just doesn't seem like Colin Sexton is going to come around mentally to get into that starting lineup. So now you have a potential starting lineup in Keontae George. Um, yeah, you got Keontae George, Jordan Clarkson, Taylor Hendricks, Lori Marketing, and Walker Kessler. That's a hell of a starting lineup. I mean, the Utah Jazz was close to making the playoffs, and then they just pulled the plug. But yeah, I had them originally drafting Bryce Sensabaugh at number 16. Now, the Los Angeles Lakers drafted Jalen Hood Shafino from Indiana. And, you know, my player comparison was Kate Cunningham. Except, you know, Kate's just a better shooter. But Jalen Hood Shafino's game is very mature. He has maturity. He has leadership just like Kate. He's very controlled. He doesn't do anything wacky or out of bounds. He's very, this is something that the Lakers need. He's really a true point guard. He could easily start right now. You know, it could be him, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, LeBron, and AD. That would be the lineup next year. And I would, you know, Hood Shafino, hopefully will get the opportunity to shine on this Lakers team. I originally had the Lakers selecting Jordan Hawkins, of course. Number 18, the Miami Heat selected Jamie Jaquez Jamie Jr. from UCLA. Now, he's one of the older players in the draft, and I can see why Miami went for him. He has kind of like a grown-ass man game. You know what I'm talking about? Like, he's a bully. And he fits exactly what... Miami does. And my player comparison was Caleb Martin. They, you know, he has a Caleb Martin type of bag. Except he's a little bit more physical. And, you know, he's more known for his hustle and intercepting passes. So Miami got a guy that fits right in. Basically. You know, I didn't have him on my draft board. I originally had the Heat selecting Jalen Hood Shafino. Number 19, the Golden State Warriors selected Brandon Podzimski from Santa Clara. Man, that was a hell of a pickup because Brandon Podzimski fits everything that the Warriors do. And they quickly replaced J- uh, Jordan Poole with Podzimski. I like him. You know, my player comparison was Goran Dragic. You know, he has the Goran Dragic bag, all of the skilled overseas moves, and not not to mention an unblockable jump shot. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And he's, got, and he's underrated defensively, in my opinion. Hella underrated defensively. You know, but he can't guard some of the bigger guards and forwards in this, in this league. You know, that's his only issue. 
But the perfect pick because he can he can um distribute the ball. He could be a secondary ball handler. He could be a six man. He could get in the starting lineup, but I highly doubt it with the addition of Chris Paul. But Pozemski's gonna hit some big shots for the Golden State Warriors. I originally had the Warriors selecting Derek Lively. At number 19. Now, number 20, the Houston Rockets selected Cam Whitmore, y'all, from Villanova. I had been saying that he had been the best player available. But, um, yeah, man, I was excited once Cam Whitmore came off the board because he's a lottery pick. And he's 6'6", 230, grown man game. He's a scorer. Um, my player comparison was Miles Bridges. Houston got a gem here. You know, Houston had a very good draft. You got two athletic specimens like Whitmore and Thompson. Like, Whitmore would be dangerous off the bench. I had the Rockets selecting uh, Gigi Jackson from South Carolina at number 20. Now, number 21, the uh, Brooklyn Nets drafted Noah Clowney from Alabama. My player comparison is his teammate, Nick Claxton. So, you're going to have two Nick Claxtons out there. You got one. Possibly may start with him, but probably he's going to come off the bench. I felt like Noah Clowney came out a little bit too early, but fuck it, man. Now you're in it. Now you're in the draft now. Because I had the uh, Brooklyn Nets at number 21 selecting Nick Smith Jr. So, number 22, the Nets, I I got this correct to the T. I got another one correct, y'all. I found another one. Dariq Whitehead from Duke. My player comparison was Quentin Richardson. You know, he's not he doesn't have the most glamorous game, but he gets you buckets. You know what I'm saying? He's a scorer. Like, if not for a foot injury that kept him out most of the season... You know, he would have a little bit of bounce. So, more than likely, he'll be used in catch-and-shoot situations for Brooklyn as they need plenty of those guys. So, Clowney and Whitehead. That's great. Number 23. The Portland Trailblazers selected Chris Murray out of Iowa. Yeah, that was a big move because Chris Murray didn't want to play with his brother in Sacramento. So him going to Portland would be great because he could be a stretch five. You know, Chris Murray has a complete game just like Keegan, except, you know, Chris Murray's a little bit slower. 
and he has the OG big man game, and he can take he can stretch it out to the threes. Very good in catch and shoot situations, and he plays defense. My player comparison was David Lee, with way better defense. The Blazers get a stud here, and possibly maybe a backup center. Because you know they def you know this is a good selection just in case they lose uh, Jeremy Grant to free agency, and I had the uh, Portland Trailblazers um, originally selecting James Naji from Barcelona. So number twenty four, the Sacramento Kings draft Oliver Maxence Prosper and traded him to the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks made some big moves today. And Oliver Maxence Prosper, he reminds me of Dorian Finney-Smith with better handles. Because Maxence Prosper can find his shot, and then he can defend every team's best player. You know, I, I, I like the guy. For Dallas. Dallas GM is going to work today on the draft side of the game. I originally had um, Sacramento selecting Chris Murray, of course. Number 25. The uh, Memphis Grizzlies drafted Marcus Sasser, who was traded to the Pistons. Awesome. Um, my player comparison is Gilbert Arenas slash Jaden Hardy with better defense. Because Marcus Sasser is the true definition of a 3ND player. The facts are the facts. Like, I like this guy. He could be very effective off of our bench. You know what I mean? Me being the Piston fan that I am. So, I'm happy to have this kid in Detroit. Next up. Uh, oh, yeah. I originally had... Uh, the number 25 pick in Boston originally selecting City Sizosko from the G League Ignite. And I don't even think he got picked tonight. Oh, yeah, he got picked number 44 by San Antonio. Never mind. All right. Number 26, the Indiana Pacers selected Ben Shepard from Belmont. Ben Shepard could just flat out shoot. It's just no ifs, ands about it. This is another guy that's Jason Capono, Steve Novak, you know what I'm saying? Kyle Korver, Paige Stoyakovich level guy from a high character player, too, from uh, Belmont College. This is just another, yet another joint, you know what I mean? It's just another great shooter that the Pacers have selected. The Pacers. 
went crazy today. I originally had the Indiana Pacers selecting Maxwell Lewis from Pepperdine. And Max Lewis, wow, Max Lewis went to the Lakers. Hey, man, Rui Hashimura is the fuck up out of L.A. Just letting y'all know that right now off the rip. Number 27, the uh, Charlotte Hornets selected Nick Smith Jr. out of Arkansas. Good pickup. Now, the uh, Charlotte Hornets have guard depth. You know, now you have LaMelo, Terry Rozier, you know what I'm saying? And now you add Nick Smith Jr., who himself dealt with injuries the whole season, but he thugged it out. Definitely thugged that shit out. And um, I originally had the Hornets selecting Kobe Jones, who they selected in the second round. So give me my props for that prediction. Um, I compared Nick Smith Jr. to Spencer Dinwiddie. He's just a natural born scorer. But, you know, he's Dinwiddie with way better defense. You know, his shot blocking ability is great for a guard. It's definitely on kind of the same level as um, Kaysen Wallace. Number 28, the Utah Jazz selected Bryce Sensaboff. I knew that the Jazz were going to get Bryce Sensaboff, but I didn't think that Sensaboff would fall that far down the draft. But, you know, Sensaboff is a wild nigga, though. Not wild off the court, but on the court. You know, he turns over the ball a lot. So I could completely understand why he fell a little bit. But I compared him to Chauncey Billups with Kyle Korver's jump shot. I mean, it's just the moves that he makes offensively. You know, he likes to look for his shot. He likes to use his body paws to uh, post up, create shots. You know, sometimes he could just try to bowl over niggas way too much. But his his jump shot is as pure as Fiji water. You know what I'm saying? Definitely remind me of my nigga Chauncey. Number 29. The Indiana Pacers drafted Julian Strother, but was traded to the Denver Nuggets. And that's a major pickup. Yeah, Strother is a pure shooter and his release reminds me of LaMelo balls. You know, my player comparison was Kyle Corver with LaMelo balls, jump shot release. You know, he doesn't play defense very well, but that won't be his job. That would be Christian bronze job. He'll just be out there shooting jump shots. Cause Strother definitely has NBA offense. And the last pick of the first round. The LA Clippers selected Kobe Brown from, for, from Missouri. My player comparison was Karan Butler. 
Now, he may not shoot as well as Karan Butler from the field, but his aggression and his ability to use the post to get off his shots and then the defense, 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 defense. Like, I think that Kobe Brown could definitely um, crack the rotation, be a 12th man on this Clippers team. And I originally had Utah drafting Brandon Podzimski at 28. I had Indiana originally drafting Bilal Koulibaly, who who ended up with them anyway. Still a great prediction, suckers. And I originally had the Clippers drafting Ryan Rupert, who ended up being drafted in the second round. Um, my player, like I said, my player comparison of Kobe Brown is Karan, just from a defensive standpoint, and still has a solid offensive game. But my quick thoughts on the draft before we get to the draft grades next show. Um, the draft grades will definitely probably drop either at the end of tomorrow or Saturday. Saturday night. Late Saturday night, of course. But my quick thoughts are. Let me give you the winners of tonight. The winners of tonight are the Detroit Pistons, the Utah Jazz, the Orlando Magic, the Houston Rockets, the Charlotte Hornets to an extent. The Indiana Pacers to an extent. Um, The losers of tonight. Definitely the the teams that did not have a first round pick. Like like Cleveland. Like the Sixers. Like the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are the biggest loser today. Because they had to watch as Utah took all of their picks that were used in the Rudy Gobert deal. To draft prospects. San Antonio Spurs obviously were the biggest winner. They got the best player in the draft. Who else was a big loser? Chicago Bulls. They're the they're really big losers today. Blazers are somewhat winners tonight. Dallas Mavericks were definitely winners. But yeah, that's my show. This is King Known Uncensored. Welcome to the 2023 NBA Draft. And I'm gone.